Welcome to Tech Humanity, the weekly podcast where we examine the intersection between technology and humanity. In the 21st century, the so-called digital age, ones and zeros tend to determine much of what we call reality. Do you ever question the nature of your reality? Do you ever wonder how new technologies, things like social media, apps for humanistic ideas and so on shape your consciousness? Are we in charge of technology or is technology in charge of us? Will singularity become a reality and AI become the new creator competing directly with the metaphysical God? These are some of the ideas and questions educator, author, cultural critic, and philosopher of technology, Dr. Tony Kashani, will examine in this episode and many more in the future. So please join us in Tech Humanity! Hello friends, welcome to Tech Humanity. I'm your host, Tony Kashani. In this episode of Tech Humanity, we will focus on social media, more specifically, the selfie culture. But before we get into all of that, a story I want to share with you, one of my favorite Greek mythological stories, the story of Echo and Narcissus. This is a love story of sorts, but it is much more than that. The hero of the story, or the protagonist, if you will, is Narcissus. Narcissus was a young man of great beauty. He was a mortal, of course, but he felt as if he was immortal. Beautiful maidens would cross his path and immediately fall in love with him. But he would shun them. He would scorn them. And he would have none of that kind of attention. The saddest case of all was the case of Echo, who upon crossing paths with Narcissus naturally fell in love with him. Echo was a nymph, a beautiful nymph, with a beautiful voice, who was one of the favorites of the goddess Artemis. And Artemis was known to be the goddess of wild woods and wild creatures. In this story, Hera is involved too. And Hera, of course, was the mightiest of the mighty goddesses. She was the sister and at once the wife of Zeus, the god who would get involved with the nymphs, have children with them, and so on. Hera was always suspicious of Zeus and his activities with the nymphs, and he was al- she was always investigating Zeus. One day, on one of these expeditions, if you will, Hera was walking around, listening on to the conversations that nymphs were having. And then she heard this beautiful voice, and she was quite amused by this voice and distracted from her investigation. The voice, of course, belonged to Echo, and Echo was talking to other nymphs, and the beautiful voice was amusing everyone. Hera became very angry about this distraction and decided to punish nymph known as Echo. Hera condemned Echo to never use her tongue again, except to repeat what was said to her. In other words, no power to speak first, but only the ability to repeat the last words spoken to her. This was 
extremely difficult for Echo, but that was her punishment. One day, Echo had an opportunity to declare her love to Narcissus. Narcissus was walking around in an area looking for friends to talk with, to hang out with. He started shouting, Is anyone here? Is anyone here? And Echo, hiding behind the tree, heard this. Now she had a chance to repeat what was said. So she said, Anyone here? And Narcissus decided to call out the person that, that he was hearing. So he said, Come, come. And Echo figured, Well, this is my opportunity. Here's a chance. He will see me and he will fall in love with me as well. So she came out from behind the tree and she said, Come, come, and started embracing Narcissus. But Narcissus turned around and said, You will never have power over me. I will not have you. You will not have me. And Echo sadly had to repeat, You will not have me. And Narcissus walked away. Echo was heartbroken, and the story goes that she went into a lonely cave and perished away. Only her voice survived. And as the story continues, her voice would be everywhere, repeating the last words of what people said in the mountains, in the deserts, in the trees, and so on. Back to Narcissus. Narcissus went on about his way, of course, always shunning the maidens, the nymphs, and all the beautiful women who would try to pay attention to him, but he would pay attention, no attention to them. One of the nymphs got very angry about this situation and decided to do something about it. So she went to gods and goddesses and, and complained about Narcissus. And one of the goddesses, Nemesis, which means righteous anger, decided to apply punishment to Narcissus. So she devised a plan. One day, Narcissus was very thirsty and she wanted to get some water. So Nemesis decided to put a, a clear, a very clear pool of drinking water in front of Narcissus. Upon seeing that, Narcissus decided to take a drink of water. So he bent over the clear pool of water and for the first time in his life, he caught a glimpse of his own reflection. Seeing the image there, he immediately fell in love with himself. At that moment, he understood what the fuss was about. Seeing his own beauty, he said to himself, Well, how can I have this? It is impossible. Only death will bring me closer to this beauty. And he bent over to drink water, and upon doing that, he fell into the clear pool. And the last words for him were, farewell, farewell. And of course, Echo was around. And she heard that. And last words from her to Narcissus were also, farewell, farewell. Some of the nymphs decided to be kind to Narcissus after his death. And they started searching for his body to bury it and, and give it an honorable burial. However, the body was gone. And the only thing that was left was a blossoming 
beautiful flower. So the nymphs decided to call this flower Narcissus. There is much to learn from this story. The most common lesson used by psychologists around the world is the caveat uh, they issue about the corruption of self-love. Those who are in love with themselves and think they are the greatest of what they do and or what they look like. What are they called? They're often called people with narcissistic personalities. And they can harm other people who may actually care about them. But there is another way of seeing the myth of echo and narcissus. The myth can compel us to think about the meaning of consciousness. Let me contextualize this with the culture of selfie on the internet. Particularly uh, with social media, such as Instagram and Snapchat. Many people, young and old, participate in the selfie culture. This is particularly a common practice with the so-called digital natives. I am referring to those who were born after uh, the birth of the internet in 1983, and more importantly, of course, those born after 1992, the birth of the first smartphone. I recall uh, seeing a Twitter message known as the tweet by Paris Hilton uh, last year, where uh, she posted a couple of selfies of herself and singer Britney Spears, which she had taken back in 2006. In that post, she, she tweeted like a, a clinical narcissist that the photo, uh, which was first, as I said earlier, taken in 2006, was the invention of the selfie. Well, no. Young people were taking pictures of themselves and posting them on the internet long before Paris Hilton uh, thought of the idea. So, the obvious question one should ask is, why do people do it? Why do people, specifically young people in this discussion, uh, tend to take pictures of themselves and seemingly share it with the world? by putting it up on, you know, Snapchat, uh, Instagram, and other social media. Well, I think we need to think about the idea of consciousness. Yes, you may be thinking to yourself, well, aren't we talking about self-consciousness? Perhaps we are, and perhaps we are also thinking about the meta-narrative about consciousness. The critics and, and thinkers and, and cultural uh, philosophers have been talking about uh, the digital age yielding the new age of self-obsession and talking about the negative aspects of the selfie. But I'm going to take another route. I'm going to talk about consciousness and talk about the extent to which the selfie can actually be a, a positive act of introspection our search to understand our consciousness. So, what is consciousness? Of course, there are no definitive theories of consciousness. For a lot of people that have tried uh, and published books about the meaning of consciousness, their theory of consciousness, and so on. Can we reduce consciousness to a physical uh, form of being in the world? In other words, can we reduce consciousness to physics? Is consciousness only about being awake? Is consciousness uh, having our senses? 
the sense of touch, uh, smell, vision, and so on. But we all can agree, I think, that consciousness is something much bigger than just the physics of consciousness. There is the notion of human experience, the mind, which we cannot simply locate. Uh, is the mind our brain? No, the brain is a tool. It's a tool that allows us to have a mind. And so on. But uh, let's, let's come back to the notion of selfie and how this plays out in uh, this search for consciousness. You know, every once in a while, I do something that I will hazard a guess that if not all of you, most of you have done from time to time. That is staring into the mirror. I usually do this when I am all by myself, in a room in front of a big clear mirror, much like Narcissus looking at himself. I tend to look at myself. Uh, most of the time, I like what I see. But beyond that, what happens is I stare at the self, as a reflection, of course, uh, the mirror tends to reflect right back at me. I know it sounds a little crazy, right? thinking about a relationship between oneself and one's reflection in the mirror, but this is where consciousness enters the picture. My mind starts to create a dialogue of sorts with this image that I am seeing. I stare long enough into the image and I recognize something else other than my own self. I recognize an entity that is staring right back at me. I know it sounds strange, but it is a real experience. It is as though I am experiencing and perhaps discovering the existence of the other within the self. This is kind of like taking a photograph and then looking at the photograph uh, sometime later. Every now and then we may be looking at photographs and discovering new things about what we look like, what others in the photograph who may be in, in that particular photograph with us look like, who they are, and we start thinking about them. But the digital photograph, the instant uh, condition of the digital photograph, and the actual presence of the photograph in the digital uh, paradigm of Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook and other social media, or on somebody's smartphone going through a text message is a little different than the kind of experiences people like myself who are known as the digital immigrants, you know, people who remember the days that the internet was not a real thing, um, we experience. We, uh, we tend to have this, this physical uh, connection uh, with pictures and, and so forth, whereas uh, the new generation of uh, people who are very smart and savvy, just as smart and savvy as we were, uh, tend to have this electronic connection. The photographic technology has allowed us to freeze the moments that we tend to experience in real-time space. The moments become, in some ways, immortalized. Once 
we capture a selfie image in a photograph, uh, we have, in fact, uh, been able to bypass the time-space continuum and freeze the moment and keep it alive seemingly forever. So the smartphone uh, with this photographic technology ups the ante here a bit and allows me to take a fine quality picture of myself in a given moment, whether I am doing something or I'm just purposely looking at the camera wanting to just experience uh, this uh, act of electronic introspection. Uh, and then I can share this with others. Now, sharing one's selfie with the world, uh, of course, has implications. The negative implication might be that because of the surveillance and the data mining and the big data becoming the, uh, the commodity that it is, uh, somebody else is maybe uh, benefiting uh, from my picture or perhaps just benefiting from the fact that I posted something. So my activity becomes part of the, the world uh, in which data miners have created algorithms to extract valuable information to create patterns and discover patterns and uh, in, in create formulas for advertisers and so forth. Uh, but aside from that, the positive implication of sharing a selfie is uh, that it creates a culture, a culture of what I would call, again, uh, electronic introspection. The real sharing, however, it's not about me putting my picture up on Instagram and uh, seeing how many people are going to like it or not like it or uh, whether my self-worth has to do with the popularity of my picture and so forth. But it has to do with me being in dialogue with my self. So you may ask, what is that like? Two phenomena happen when I practice the cultural act of selfie-taking and sharing. I am introspecting while being self-conscious at the same time. When I'm doing this whole business of taking a selfie and sharing it, I am actually conducting self-inquiry. What is my mental state when I take the selfie? Perhaps upon reflection, after I have shared the image and thought about it, I become aware of my mental state. That is introspection. I think about myself. I analyze my state of being in that moment in the world. The selfie becomes a representation of me to the world and, of course, myself. That is being self-conscious. To be sure, there are no instruction manuals for this practice of selfie-taking and selfie-sharing. This raises a number of questions. Are there limitations to this practice? Do teenagers tend to go overboard? Well, we don't know. Are, are there um, parameters that we must understand? Is there a guideline for selfie-taking where it can be positive rather than negative? Uh, what are the implications? Do we think about these things? Is there a form of ethics around selfie-taking and selfie-sharing? These are some of the questions that we must ask, think about, reflect upon, and search for some answers that could cause and generate 
new questions, better questions to be asking. I want to thank you for giving me your ears and listening to me, and I look forward to speaking with you at the next episode of Tech Humanity.